Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Reader Syndicate 3.0, the next evolution of the look into counterculture that is canon. My name is Matthew, owner of Riot Seeds, and this started as a one-man mission for strain history and breeding science. Over time, it's evolved into something bigger, better, and more of a team effort. We will be joined by members of the Can Illuminati and other friends throughout the seasons to hear their takes on grow techniques, breeding science, strain history, and more. Our mission is to combat the narrative that corporate cannabis and seed posers are obfuscating for their own financial benefit. Welcome to the underground. We are the Syndicate. And we're here this week with part two of our outdoor extravaganza. Talking about some of the new strains that were harvested this year with uh, Peaches, Cush of the Giants, Little Hill, and of course, Thousandfold is the host. I won't be here this week again, but I'm back the next week. Um, one thing I did want to tell you about was that we're having a contest right now uh, for hitting 10K subs. We finally made it. We've been talking about it for a while. So go check out the contest video. It'll be up when this hits, um, and you'll be able to see all the deets on it. Lasts about a week. It's available for the Instagram account breeders.syndicate.podcast our other one got deleted not happy about it so we had to make a new one so essentially if you're a follower there you're going to be entered into a contest and yeah we'll announce it on the show on i believe april 1st and all we're going to have a separate contest for the patreon members as well all the details will be in that video go check it out for now let's start the show uh, all right. Well, there was one more strain I wanted to talk about that kind of caught my attention from last year, and it was um, something I got from my buddy from Anunnaki Genetics up in Seattle. He sent me something called Isn't She Lovely? And it's um, it's a purple pineapple express to a Gorilla Glue number four. And it was the first time I had seen a, a, a heavy purple plant that smelled like pure pining. So it, I, I, I'd smelled pining and, and gotten really nice pine smells out of, out of a lot of strains, but never a dark purple strain. Um, and there's, there's hints of like a little carfeniline or a little pepper in there, but it's mostly dominated by pining. And so that, that's another one that struck me as interesting and uh, struck other people when I'm sharing or when, when I'm cracking jars, somebody will, will grab the, grab that jar and you know they'll be surprised just as much as i am to get that kind of smell out of purple weed it's uh it, w- it was another one of the highlights of, of last year's grow for me 
Nice. That, nice. Have you ever like been to a party or a contest or maybe just like a group of friends together that they all bring their jars and like you look, everybody's opening and, and, and smelling and like you look like over the course of the night or the day or whatever and seeing like certain jars will just be ransacked and other ones are still sitting there full. Have you guys ever noticed that? It's like a yes. table test. Yes. Like you're not really watching, but like that, like it tells you what other people are liking. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That was, that's what happened at the party last year is there were lots of jars that were emptied quickly and there were lots of jars that were still plumb full left on the table. <laughs> that's always fun to see. Honestly, I, you know, yeah. how it happened. Yeah kind of it tells the story itself you know you don't it talks right. for itself it's like an unofficial little judge judgment and it's like oh okay it's a poll were, right it's like a, everyone's yeah. voting basically right totally. maybe totally. you know what i'm just thinking about it right to make it as objective as possible people shouldn't see how much is left in each jar because that might in and of itself encourage more people to like take from the same jar so i feel like the jars should like be opaque or something for it to be like a good test because otherwise people are just going to notice which jars are already empty yeah yeah. Kind of like... yeah yeah anyway sorry <laughs> <Random>. <laughs> <laughs> well, um yeah i think uh i think that covers it mostly for for stuff well we, we could also cover did peaches want to have a second did peaches want to have a second round of highlights um you know the only i would say the other one that i really enjoyed in the uh garden this year was riot's bubbleberry v2 um it really did well there was some blueberry terps and a few of them that were just you know really nice and it, it it was one of the best growing ones as far as structure wise the way it grew it didn't hardly need any kind of staking or anything um i was really happy with that one Nice. Seems to be consistently one of the easiest, you know, best growing things uh, around. Yeah. Um, it was like everyone says that, and I, I saw that too myself. Yeah, I got a pack of the bubbleberry that I'm waiting to go for next year. I wanted to do it this year, but I decided to do the the blue Gehrig and the uh, the, uh, the the Kush bonnet, um, whatever the blue resin um, Kush. This so, is just some um, armchair breeder theorizing for me but i i wonder if it's like one step away from becoming something like quite amazing in terms of like it's got such a strong base i feel like or it is such a good base for something and i feel like it's perfectly great as it is but i wonder if something could kind of like take it take it a little bit further i just don't know and what that might be this is specifically the bubbleberry v2 year the bubbleberry yeah okay i'd like to cross it with the barber bud that's what i'd like to do with it because I washed bubbleberry, yeah. um, I went up and I washed what three point six pounds of bubbleberry, um, and unfortunately she's not a washer, at least not the phenos I had. Um, but I have a feeling that in her is some potential, and then I think if it gets crossed, you know, because the barber bud is shishkaberry by Afghani one, and I just think if we took that the bubbleberry V two and put them together that you could get some really good crosses and then increase the potential for washing a little bit better. Hell yeah. Interesting. All right, yeah. So I think that does a, a pretty good job of just going over what, what we grew last year and what we were what we're really elated with and 
for the next little segment, I think it would be fun to talk about, um, and this doesn't have to be a long segment. We can't, there's not a lot of juice to squeeze out of here, but just talking about postseason cleanup, um, preparations for next year. Do you guys do everything after fall and it's all prepped for when spring comes around or do you let the winter happen and then prep in spring? And, uh, you know, what kind of entails prepping for, for your following season? Um, that'll be the next little topic that we go over. Uh, little Hill, you want to you wanna start us off here and tell us what um, your postseason operations is like? Well, I, I do the least amount possible. I, I'm usually pretty burnt out and, and ready to call it a season by the end. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean... I planted a cover crop in September while there were still plants in the ground. Um, it it still hasn't really taken yet. And I don't know why I've always had issues with, with cover crops there. And they've always been very hard to, to get going before, before winter. Um, so I'll reseed again this spring and, and see what I can get going. The, the cover crop was a mix of everything, clover, legumes, um, grasses, everything. Okay. Um, just because I don't know what's really going to perform for me. Um, and I've tried this over the years so much and the, the weeds seem to do fine. So those will get tilled back in, but, um, besides cover cropping, like I roll up my trellises to reuse the, the trellis netting because my beds are long and linear. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that works out well because I, I can use that trellis for years. And uh, that stuff's expensive. So, <laughs> um, but as far as like, yeah, not not much else in the order of cleanup. Um, you know, besides like disconnecting irrigation and stuff like that. My stems are still in the ground. Um, there's no sense in wrestling them out at the end of the season because if you just let them rot, they will pull out with no effort in the springtime. Yeah. So. That's that's what I let them do, and then you leave most of that root ball in the soil, which is good to break down in there, and you're really just pulling out the stem, which uh, makes life a lot easier. If you you can spend you can spend days pulling out root balls, and it's just there's just no point. Yep, um, they come out so easy after they rot, and you know I don't have to like I don't have to remove all trace of of evidence of a grow, so I I don't have to worry about that. But if you you know if, if that's if you have to do that, that's, that's different, but I, I don't. So I right. definitely like letting them rot. Uh, yeah. Oh, one other thing. Sorry. Uh, for the greenhouses, I, I have to take my skins off um, in the winter cause they'll just collapse under snow load. Oh, yeah, but yeah. And rather than taking them off and pulling them back on, which is such a task. Um, we just roll them up to the center of the greenhouse um, cause they have roll up sides anyway. So we just keep rolling them all the way up to the very peak of the greenhouse and then tie them off up there. And there's not enough room for snow to really collect. And, uh, and, uh, that, that makes putting them on in the spring a heck of a lot easier. You just have to untie and let them let gravity do the rest. And right. Right. It's so it's so much nicer than wrestling with those things in the spring and the wind and all that yeah. stuff you guys they're big greenhouses they're 108 feet long some of them and um it, it's a task so that's my that's my uh, end of season breakdown yeah i'm in i'm in the same 
uh, I'm in the same boat as you. By the end of the season, I'm just and I'm in trim jail. I, my, I'm not, I'm not too worried about cleaning up everything down there at the at the end of the plot. It and it like you said, like I've uh, there are years where at the end of the at the end of the year, I, I tried uprooting everything and trying to knock that dirt out of those root balls. You know, just sitting there and just beating the hell out of it, trying to get all the dirt out of it. Yeah, that's that's no fun. After after a couple of seasons, that I just I wait, wait until the, the winter's over, wait till that snow's gone, wait for that defrost to come through. And uh, and then I start working my pots and, and pulling that stuff out of there. Um, last year, I had a little bit of a scare is my pots were frozen uh, like up into to March almost. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say well, up into March, I, I still had my pots that were just sitting outside frozen solid. I was trying to get my shovel into them and not getting anywhere because the the soil was frozen solid in those pots <laughs> yeah we um, had a winter last year yeah yeah it was it was some man. heavy late winter heavy late winters last year yeah. yeah there was there was some moments there where i was wondering if i'm going to be able to get out on june 1st wondering about the the late night temps that i'm looking at um yeah like uh I, it, it depends varies varies from year to year there are some years well i'll go down there and i'll cut stalks and i'll make uh i'll make like walking sticks or i'll use the bigger stem the the bigger stalks on the bigger plants for some sort of art or craft or some sort of hanging bar that, that'll go up in one of the sheds or something um but <clears throat> other than that yeah it's you know once harvest is done i, I leave most of that stuff down there and and a lot of that work gets done uh, before the before the spring season. Before I'm thinking about transplanting plants outdoors. Cool. What about nice. you, peaches? Well, um, <clears throat> there's been a couple years where I haven't been able to pull off getting anything done after harvest because things have been too much and too crazy, but. Um, this year, um, I actually managed to do everything I wanted, which was I went back through and turned all the pots. I added compost and biochar and then planted a winter cover crop that has like 12 different things in it and, uh, started watering it and they got them, I got them to sprout and they're now all full. So, um, that's what I try to do. Sometimes I don't get to it. I got to pull down all the bamboo, pick up all the, uh, you know, twine. I <clears throat> We use hemp twine to go between the bamboo for all our trellising and stuff. Uh, and so we take all that down, make sure there's nothing left up there, no trash, no twine. Put all the bamboo away and then let it go till springtime. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty concise uh, agreement amongst a lot of outdoor guys. Is by the end of that season, we're you know we're we're hands are full and and we're pretty exhausted from doing stuff since Mother's Day. <laughs> right, it is. Uh, speaking of speaking of a heavy winter last year, I had something happen to me for the first time and in this little valley. Um, I so for my water source, I'm about. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Where I actually grow my outdoor plants, I'm about 200, 225 yards away from a creek, uh, a natural creek inlet. And so I have 120, I think, 120 gallon tote that I fill with the creek water and then spigot and tap off of that just to hand water my plants with a with a normal hose off of that um but i use a little a little pump to pump uh creek water that 225 feet over to my tote so uh and for the past 11 or 12 years now in this specific spot i've always left my pump outdoors and i've never drained it and never had an issue with the, with the water freezing inside and destroying the pump. Well, last year our winter was bad enough that it uh it split the bell housing, the pump housing. It literally it basically cracked the thing straight in half. And I was like, whoa, that's the first time I've seen that happen. It was it got pretty cold down in that valley last year for it to to finally freeze the water in that pump and cause it to expand like that. That's the the first encounter I've had with a pump freezing over like that. Yeah, ice will break metal if you, if you yeah. let it. Yeah. For sure. It looked like it did it pretty easily, too. It didn't look like it had that hard of a time doing it. Yeah, I definitely uh, had a lot of damage over winter, mostly fences, but uh, I definitely had well, some pipes yeah. break. Not metal, but yeah. it, was, it was a bad winter. Knock on wood, this winter doesn't seem as bad. We have a big storm coming right now, but. It looks mostly. It looks like mostly rain with with snow on the back end, but not much. But right. hopefully that holds up. Yep. So for postseason cleanup, I think that pretty much covers that topic. I mean, you know, we all we all kind of do the same thing. We do what we can when we can. And uh, so to to round off this discussion and finish the last little portion, um, uh, let's just talk about what we're excited about for the following year. For, for the upcoming year and this could include strains this could include new uh new additions to the farm um new plans you have uh you know uh new equipment that you plan on using just anything for this following up for this coming up year that that you're excited to to grow or excited to use in the garden um uh peaches let's let's start with you what what's what's got you excited for for this upcoming year um, well, uh, I actually have my barb that I'm going to get to put out as clones um, and my keeper pheno. So I'm excited about that because usually we do everything from seed. And so um, I'm looking forward to not having to, you know, kick out males and know what I have. And right. then, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. And then I, I also have some seeds. Uh, they were calling it Barbarella. Um, and it's a Barbara Bud crossed with Renee, uh, but recently they renamed it Sweet Peach because it is supposed to be peachier than the Barbara Bud. 
and I happened when I bought the Barber Bud to get a free pack of that. So um, I'm really, really excited about that one because I'm hoping for even more peach chirps that- Wait, you know, but are you mad that they called it sweet peach? Well, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, there's now a sour peach. There's all kinds of stuff. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, it would have been nice because I would have probably planned on naming my pheno and something I make that, but it's okay. Um, it is what it is. I'm just happy to find peach <laughs> chirps. So yeah. um, that's what I'm just really looking forward to that Barbarella. And then, like I said, having some clones all ready to go and not having to do the whole seed thing this time. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to that part. That's, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's always nice to have something you're excited for and especially you're looking forward to grow for the following year. Yeah, it's a little different because normally I'm, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm not sure what we're going to get and have because we, you know, choose seeds and we've been searching through this and that. And so this year, the main focus is going to be on just a couple of strains that we've already grown and we know what to expect from them. So. Right. That's been something that's kind of addictive for me. The more that I pop the, the wider spectrum of these seeds and go further into these genetics is not knowing what you're going to get is as equal or almost more exciting to me than like a known cut that i know is gonna perform well like that they, they hold the same equal value in my brain they both scratch the same itch you know mm -hmm. um what about you hill what, what are you super excited about growing for next year um I'm 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 excited about growing less strains. Honestly, I, I grew such a variety this year just to see what was going to work for me in my expansion. Um, I'm 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 looking forward to having that narrowed down to to four main strains in the outdoor: the Phoenix, Papaya Bomb, Mochi Runs, and Ice Cream Cake. And then in the uh, in the depths, it's going to be a whole lot of Ice Cream Cake and a little Mochi Runs. And then. Uh, a couple other greenhouses will have long finishers like sour diesel and blue dream but uh there might be some cat piss in there as well on the early early light depth because okay. it does well in the cold but other than that um my uh my little side side seed garden where i get to like grow some stuff and and, and hunt through some stuff that i like either for personal or just to maybe work some breeding projects and and just and just be a just be a hobby grower in a little small space um i'm, I'm right, i've got right. a collection of maybe six poodle nuts crosses that i'm going to grow out along with clones from those two s1s i like um okay so i'm excited to look through those there it's a pretty wide variety um i got bubba kush to to poodle nuts from caleb those are old seed that he used to give away as freebies um, like, oh man, that sounds great though. Yeah, the first Bubba Kush was the first thing he reversed to start his seed company. So it's from that, it's from that lot. Um, so that's that's going back quite some time. Who knows how many will germinate? Um, I've got can I ask uh just yeah. quickly, the the Urkel itself, is it is it quite a slow veger? Oh yeah, big time. It, so it yeah, is slow. Can you get that with the Bubba as well? <laughs> Um, Bubba does a little bit better. 
Um, okay. Also okay. a very squat, very slow, lots of nodes, um, short internodal length, yes. just like just like Urkel. But Bubba's still a, it's a, it still grows faster than Urkel. Urkel's Urkel's just one of the slowest. And then and then when you flip it, it it doesn't stretch that much. So you really got to veg it to size. That's um, right. Yeah. Um, so most Urkel phenotypes, like the Poodle Nuts, is an Urkel phenotype of its cross, just like T1000 is an Urkel phenotype of its cross. They're definitely on the shorter end of plants. Um, what other crosses? Oh, uh, I got one from Matt, uh, which is uh, one of his blueberry crosses crossed to uh, Poodle Nuts I, or Blue Bonnet crossed to Poodle Nuts. I got a Poodle Nuts back cross oh, nice. from High and Lonesome. I've got uh, <laughs> Poodle, Poodle Nuts to Kim 91 from uh, Goat and Monkey Seeds. Um, and I've also got some Poodle Nuts to Triangle Kush from Goat and Monkey. And I bet I'm forgetting one. I can't remember. So you like Poodle Nuts. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And it crosses the smells. The smells really translate well. They're dominant in the crosses, which is always been surprising to me but it just it crosses well to sour diesel and honestly that's why i want to get poodle in its back so i can cross it to sour diesel and grow those out that's really what i want to do and uh okay. but you know if i can't get the cut back i'm growing out these other varieties and i'm gonna see what's what um possibly do some crosses but we'll see and then uh sorry you did say this earlier but one thing uh, is poodle nuts Urkel to Kim D. Sorry, remind me. Yeah, not Kim D, but it's a Kim D three uh, X three three BX. So gotcha. it's sort of okay. Kim D. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Trace Dog. That uh, oh, it's JJ a Trace Dog. From, I got it. Yeah, JJ did yeah. a long time ago, and then the Hi made the cross to Urkel. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So Sorry it is. It is. It is very much Kim D cross. Um, and then I'm going to grow out a bunch of old heart attack Kush seeds looking for some early finishing plants that I know are in that genetic line, uh, which is Kush cleaner to SFV or SFV to Kush cleaner. And uh, there's, these are some F2s I made from that cross. Um, and uh, hopefully going to find some early finishers. That's definitely on the terpenaline scale i've always I've, I've kind of like steered clear of too much terpenaline in my garden over the years just because buyers kind of thumb their noses at it but i feel like <laughs> it's a it's a terp because it's so dominant in everything it's crossed to like it's very easy for everything to end up smelling like jack jack Herrera or terpenaline or jack terps as people call it or pine or, or whatever you want to call it um I, I feel like the, the 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 next generation hasn't been exposed to it like we have, right. and and so as long as it checks all the other boxes, and for me it needs to be early because I want something to finish early and to get my outdoor harvest started early. Um, I mean, I'm it seems to me those. to function really well as a counterpoint to something else if you can get it to work with something else, right? Like alongside another nice turp. To me, it's just, it just overpowers everything it's crossed to. So mm. 
you you might find something that has a little bit of both, but for the most part, you're just gonna get hit in the face with a pine tree. Well, and... maybe this is why the Santa Cruz ricks are interesting to me because it does seem like there's an actual shot of getting like a blueberry terpeneline, like a decent balance. Uh, I, but I could be wrong. That's what I. I mean though. that if, if that's the case, that's great. Um, or maybe you got lucky, but um the high like having terpinaline in there i think is good regardless just because i think it adds to a, a more euphoric sort of energetic high which you know most of us are looking yeah. for it's it's easy to find the lethargic high but if you can find that high that makes you clean your house and get motivated to do stuff that's that's always a fun <laughs> tool in the toolbox you know for for certain occasions and I've always found that in, in the terpeneline strains, um, the, you know, they're typically, they're more narrow leaf cultivars. Um, uh, Hayes has a lot of it. Uh, Durban mm -hmm. poison has a lot of it. Train wreck. Um, so, some of the super silver hazes that have gone around have been terpeneline yeah. dominant. I've heard that too. Um, yes. And I mean, all those Colombian Panama, tie they could they all have that in there big time so um and we know what kind of high those things have so I, I i i'll like having it in my garden as long as it sells i don't know if it will or not but for me having an earlier finisher <laughs> and this is just a genetic line i happen to have in my fridge and i know it's there because i've grown a lot of it over the years um it's just kind of like, hey, let's let's bring back some old stuff and see how it works. And maybe it doesn't, you know, but like I've got a little bit of space so where I can experiment and, and do things like that just in, in hopes of finding something new that, that really works for me as a as a grower. Very nice. And that's yeah, that's about that's about what I have cooking for next year sweet sweet i'm uh i'm i'm super i'm super interested to see um especially with bubba kind of making a little bit of that resurgence and and uh you know um csi starting to starting to do a little more work with it i'm curious to see how more prevalent it, it start if it's cyclical and starts coming back around more because bubba was one of the first like uh one of the first ones that really stood out to me in my my younger and earlier days of smoking it was the first one that really me floored me who was that okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No uh, it was me, Thousand. Oh, that was Thousand. Okay, yeah. Public Kush was one of the first ones that really floored you. Yeah. Yeah, so with with CSI's upcoming work, I'm I'm kind of curious to see if if we see a resurgence in the community where a lot more people are playing around with it now. Uh, that would make me really happy. Um, and that's that's 
one of the things that I'm ex- personally that I'm excited for to try next year, um, I plan on looking through CSI's catalog and there's two things that, that I want to pick up to, to try for next year. One of them um, would be, I want to try the humble uppercut by itself. Um, I believe Hill, you were saying that you guys also got cantaloupe or like sweet honeydew melon out of the, the humble uppercuts that you were growing. And the, the sweet 16 humble uppercut that I grew was a dead ringer for cantaloupe, like smelling the plant. I, I couldn't believe how closely related to, to cantaloupe it was. And that just made me want to want to go back to the root of the humble uppercut and, and pop some of those and, and see what's hanging out there. Um, that was you, right, Little Hill, that was talking about the humble uppercut? No, no, I, I didn't grow that one. Okay, I must. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they 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 had a friend that and a family member who also grew them, and they were mentioning cantaloupe terps, and and I just I, I liked that line through, and it made me want to go back to the to the original to see where it's coming from. Um, that and also buying some of the some of the new Bubba Kush stuff that that he's got out. So I'll probably be running some humble uppercut and some Bubba Kush stuff for, uh, for next year's outdoor. Um, one of the sweet 16 hybrids that I was given, but didn't get a chance to pop was the bubblegum. Um, I'm really curious to see if the sweet 16 bubblegum cross keeps its, uh, you know, if it comes across with bubblegum turps, but still has the potency and the, the pungent, you know, fermenting smells that come from the sweet 16, it could really bolster those bubblegum turps that seem to fall off in every bubblegum strain that I've grown so far. I haven't had anything that smells like bubblegum in flower, and then I harvest it, get it in jars, and the bubblegum transfers over. It, it almost always dissipates. That sounds exciting, that that cross. Just because bubblegum bubble does so well outdoors and has yep. good finishing times and it, it's such a sweet frosty bud but yeah if you if it could do something to help it retain that smell and flavor that that would be that would be absolutely killer and and it's been it's been a great hybrid for outdoor growers as well anything crossed to bubble gum has been uh-huh. yep. has done well for people and same with bubba i haven't grown the bubba the bubble gum crosses but i've grown a lot of bubba kush crosses uh, uh-huh. outdoors like full term back back when we were growing big plants and i was super surprised not being a huge yeah. bubba kush fan i was so surprised how big these plants got they still yeah. had those big broad leaves that bubba kush has but they were fucking enormous and hmm. it, you know they most of them were og crosses um they they got absolutely huge um, that is it, surprising to me for sure. Yeah, yeah, they loved the NorCal sun and some of the biggest, biggest outdoor plants I've ever had. All, all the biggest plants, outdoor plants I've ever had are been from seed, but these were especially just girthy because of the size of their leaves and the thickness of their stems. Hmm. Um, I even had a huge windstorm where the top of the plant actually blew off the plant so like the top maybe two and a half feet some that top cola they weren't topped or anything actually it looked like a grenade went off in the plant and there were trellis and everything (laughs) but the 
that that stem just blew straight off the plant and this was in wow. september and it was it was a loss on on that part that blew off but um yeah it looked like a grenade went so, off <laughs> i i would have thought that a bubba type would be quite mold prone as well yeah you would think that i mean that makes sense big thick indica buds um i didn't have any issues i typically didn't have mold issues back in the day growing big outdoor plants um i was selecting strains that wouldn't mold on me but like stuff that molds on other people didn't mold for me but i didn't i didn't have any issues csi might say different where he was because i know he always had more mold problems than i did but uh it's i don't know maybe it's just part of the vigor but like the buds were (laughs) dense and like all the all the parameters were there for bad mold uh i just i just never had that issue has anyone done a bubblegum bubba cross i haven't Mm -mm. yeah interesting it's it's one of the reasons that has me so interested well it's not it's a keystone factor into why I'm curious about trying the Sweet 16 bubblegum is its notorious mold resistance and, and bud rot resistance. Um, uh, you, I don't have any uh, fears of running that Sweet 16 bubblegum outdoors as long as it can go full term. Um, the two other examples of the bubblegum cut that CSI used that I grew in my garden, they were grown outdoors endured multiple rainstorms that were over an inch and even the the albert walker bubblegum survived ice like there were there was snow that landed on it and then froze and it was like actual i had had to like thump the nugs to get ice sheets of ice to fall off the buds and there was not a trace of uh, mildew not a trace of mold not a trace of bud rot I was really impressed with the impervious qualities to mold that his bubblegum cut had. And that Albert Walker bubblegum plant that I had, it had every chance to, to create mold. It had it had exposed uh, branches, exposed stems and branches that were rubbed and had uh, had dead cell material on it. It had uh, decaying fan leaves. There was all, and it had plenty of moisture. All of the, the right, um, qualifiers to create a moldy mess were there and it just didn't happen so yeah i'm, I'm really curious to see what the sweet 16 bubblegum does next year um I'll pr- i might end up doing probably th- two maybe three plants or I, I could go with the uh the method that i did with the sweet 16 kim d's and grow three of them in one pot and kind of let them vie for control and fight for each other for some five six foot tall plants instead of some 10 foot tall monsters um yeah so next year i'm i'm excited about the bubba kush stuff i'm excited about more sweet 16 stuff um i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna run some more appalachia stuff but this time i'm probably gonna run the appalachia f3s just to get a sense of the green crack and the tress dog mixed together um uh yeah i really like those now Ooh, nice, nice. I, I liked everything that I saw out of the Appalachia hybrids, mostly the outdoor vigor, literally just growing giant butterball bushes. So I want to 
go back to the the core Appalachia and see what's there. Um, I'll probably run the Lumpus headband appa appy um, because I was so impressed with the plant that my brother grew last year. Um, I'm also super excited to jump back on the Humboldt's Most Wanted, which I grew two years ago, didn't grow last year, and am jonesing for it this year. Um, it was, it was a, a, one of my favorite plants, grew itself, another Girl Scout cookie hybrid from CSI that is just does its own thing and provides really great smoke for me. And in, in my perfect, it, it perfectly works for my climate. Um, what else am I excited for next year? Um, yeah, the Santa Cruz wreck mixing the, the Blue Dream um, with the ATWs. I, I'll probably run Category 5 again because uh, I liked it a little more than the Mojo Rising, and my brother liked the Mojo Rising more than the Cat 5. So I'll probably run a couple Cat 5s. Um, I definitely am interested in trying to get the Blooper Skunk uh, up and running the GSL blue bonnet. I had two of them last year, but uh, oh, yeah. both of them turned out being males. Super unfortunate. They were both uh, really yeah. big, healthy, bushy plants. And I was looking at them. I was like, oh man, these end up being female. These are going to be great. But a loss. Both of them were, were males. Um, the blueberry nine, the riot berry, the blue Gehrig, those are all riot stuff that really intrigued me. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so. The, on top of, of trying some more Riot gear, some more Goat Farm gear, some more CSI gear, um, I'm also going to return back to some of the stuff that I've created. Um, in 2021, I created a series of Pine Tar Kush hybrids, and um, I've played around with them here and there, but friends and, and close relatives have grown them more than I have, and I've seen some really really good success in the living dead girl pine tar kush crosses and the um the lemon party pine tar kush so next year this coming year i'm going to be playing around with some of my own seeds a little more i'm going to get back into the the kotgf ones the uh black cherry soda hybrids that i crossed to the sour diesel white widows um in 2018 i grew a handful of those and I was just really happy with everything that came out of them. And I just haven't revisited it yet because I've been so happy exploring this, this plethora of genetics that I've been thankfully given access to. So <laughs> I'll do a little, little return to cinder and come back home and pop some of my own stuff and, you know, get back into my own, my own genetics, which I'm also just as excited about. Hell yeah. Um, I did. I did think of one prompt I had or a question I had for, for Peaches. Um, I don't know if she wants to speak to it though, but I wondered if you might tell us a bit about the early Pearl stuff. I know it's kind of like more on Buck's side of the story. And we we even have maybe talked about doing a whole episode on that, but I wonder if you give us like a little, you know, uh, update on, on that, on what the story is there. Um, well, uh... The early pearl has been his definite uh... <sighs> he's been on the search for a while um, last year his white had... whale yeah yeah it has been ever since ever since I've met him actually which you know we met at 18 so it's been a long time and uh, last year man we had the early pearl out there 
we had the Silver Pearl um, S1, we had Pip's Perfect Pearl, and then we had the Lost Pearl, and we also had the Hunza Valley uh, 91 by Early Pearl that we had made the year before. Um, because he, you know, he's searching for that, that one phenotype. And uh, this year, actually, he tracked down some 20-year-old uh, uh, early pearl clone strain. And so that's one of the ones that's going to go out on the hill, too. Um, he's really excited about that one because he said from what he talked to the guy about, it has the smell and the looks of what he's been searching for. Um, so... You know, uh, it's gotten to the point, like, we've done this so much. Last year, I told him he couldn't have any of the pots on the hill for early pearl that I was doing my peach hunt. So there was, like, I don't even know, 20-some plants down here in one-gallon pots that he was searching through last year. Um, we found one male that we kept. It's in the uh, room back there uh, that we're going to use for breeding. And then... Uh, you know, it's just, it's, he's still on that search. We quite haven't found the one yet. So I don't know if that covered what you're asking about or if there's. Yeah, no, it's super you know. cool. Yeah. I think the fact that like he has such a, such a strong, you know, affiliation with the, that particular plant in his mind and, you know, right. searching for it. Well, it's it, like, you know, it's it really, kind of an epic story. It is. It's a real epic story because that you know he's uh, the short little story is you know when he he lost his dad when he was young and then this guy who mentored him was really like a father figure to him and probably one of the only men in his life that was actually like a decent man to him and wasn't you know an ass and uh he showed Cass you know all about this growing and I mean Cass had been growing before but when he went there this guy was his mentor and he was a good person and as well as a good grower and uh, it was the early pearl was the strain that he went and helped him with you know his wife had cancer at the time and that's why he went over there to help him grow so he could be um, you know taking care of it way took her to chemo and did that stuff and um, so that strain was what uh, him and his his uh his name was stan harden and his whole thing about this is trying to get his story told because he was one of those old guys who you know ended up going to jail and he they let him out to die basically um and it's just one of those stories of you know so many that of us have of our uncles or grandpas that the you know the war on drugs took people from us that should have never been taken and so that strain means a lot to him and that's why we've done a lot to try to bring it back and try to find you know that exact one it's just been really hard these uh stories like that are like keystone like moments for a lot of the cannabis community it's some of my favorite um, uh, some of my favorite stuff in the community is hearing people who have 
been chasing this strain for X amount of years, or they're they're trying to get back to it because it meant so much to them. I, it's it's really cool to see people in the community that that have that gumption to to chase after something like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's taken you know well you guys know like seed pack we've probably gone through I don't know twenty plus seed packs over the last few years um, just trying to find that one and we still haven't found it so now we're switching to the trying to you know breed with it and you know got the male and try to you know bring it back and bring some vigor back to it he right you know feels like it's really kind of lost what it had back then and you know there's a whole really neat story to it all i don't want to tell it all right now because i know uh he wants to do an episode on it but like it it did that strain specifically well that pheno of the early pro i should say it was a pheno um did make it out to like the grateful dead um cypress hill digital peoples i mean there was a whole little thing that happened with that strain um that that would just be neat to have that story told and it'd be really neat for him to actually find it so hopefully one day we can get there yeah it's epic and yes we will hopefully have uh, an actual show on this maybe actually it's like a maybe it'll be a good time to do it like either before the next season starts or maybe part way through or something yeah we'll see yeah but thanks for sharing that really cool yeah of course kush yeah what what else um uh, other than that yeah i think i think that wraps up most of what we were talking about um i know that we could talk we could talk a little bit about um the future of the outdoor round table and where it's going to go for 2024 mm, yeah. tell us yeah tell um, us about your uh, ideas so mostly my idea is basically a framework replica of what we did last year we're going to check in every month or every couple of months about what we're doing in the garden if anything's new updating with our outdoor grows but also sprinkled in i'm going to start to try and do some interviews um i over the years through instagram through ic mag forums through people i've met in in the valley um all over northern california uh i'm I plan on doing interviews uh, with with these select people and and just sitting down and having a a one-to-one conversation and and getting to know some of these outdoor growers. Much like myself, a lot of us are recluse uh, and and we don't, we wouldn't, without being prodded or poked, we wouldn't have jumped into the community and started talking and and making ourselves more known. And I I know tons of cats like this. Um, I got five or six guys off the top of my head uh, and women both guys and girls that that i i want to interview and i want to have discussions with and they're all uh, they're all great outdoor growers and great minds for for what they're doing in their own respective rights and then i think that more more people should have discussions with them uh, a lot of these people I've spent a lot of time uh, sending paragraphs back and forth talking about weed and talking about life, but haven't sat down and done a, a, a an actual voice conversation like this. And I think, I think, uh, I think people need to need to be exposed to to the different shades of, of growers that we have out there. Um, almost no two outdoor growers are alike. It's it's a very unique community that I, I've ran into so far, and. 
I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to him and sprinkle in some of those interviews throughout the year um, on top of just the normal outdoor roundtable stuff. Honestly, sounds great, man. And um, yeah. I think we already have quite a good foundation to build on. Um, and very, you know, very appreciative of uh, your efforts, Cushion, but also, you know, Peaches and Little Hill for helping us out so much over the last six months or whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you guys coming and providing your, your thoughts and your insight and, and sitting down and chatting with us. I, I really enjoy it. I really appreciate the invite and getting to sit and chat with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I'm ha I'm happy to be a part of it, and I, I love talking about weed, so it works out well for me. Um, and hearing other people's experiences with uh, some of these strains, I don't get a chance to grow. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to chat as as the season moves forward to to uh, talk about what's going on and and what issues are arising and and uh, kind of the season's a marathon so it's funny to check it's it's fun to check in right and, yeah. yeah see how everybody's doing and how they're dealing with with different things so right on guys i think to me that is a really nice thing about outdoor at least you know living in this in a similar region anyway where you guys are actually in pace with each other sort of um and right. can kind of check in whereas you know if you're an indoor grower like it doesn't really matter you don't have that right. kind of um seasonal progression i guess um yeah, yeah there's cool. a, there's a couple major keystones of like you know going outdoors when everybody and then when it flips into flower we're all not on the exact same schedule but we're all tuned into the same you know we're 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 right on par with each other. I never thought about it that yeah. way compared to to indoor you know guys who are modulating their own schedules. No, I love it. It's like a set of um rituals or something. Right. Well, yeah, I, I feel like my outdoor garden, the more I do it, it turns into a ritual. It's it's become a meditative process for me. It's like uh, it's like unconscious meditation, just go, going down, <laughs> hanging out with the plants, you know, cutting a few fan leaves here and there, talking to the plants. I've done it for so long now that it's it's basically a part of my life. And it's it's like like, you know, meditation to me now. It's your second nature. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think I can probably um, wrap us up. I'll do the shout outs. Uh, any shout outs from you guys? I got one. Um, uh, it, it, you guys can hit me up on Instagram, Little Hill Cultivators. Um, I'm still selling uh, farm swag, all organic cotton, American made farm swag. If you guys want to represent, Hell yeah. um, it's a pretty low key way to do it. There's nothing that says cannabis on it. So, uh, I, I'd appreciate the support. Um, and, uh, I got to actually get some breeder syndicate swag to wear. Um, cause I like the design and want to sort of low key support the support the channel. Yeah, I need to get Matt to get, uh, get on the snapbacks, get some hats. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the Riot merch at the moment. I think it's going, but not not 100%. Um, any shout-outs from Peaches or Kush at this point? Um, no. I mean, just, you know, come to the Discord and 
ask questions. <laughs> uh, you know, come talk to me about edibles and hash, and I'll answer your questions. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same same mirrored sentiment. Uh, just a shout out to the community. Um, I wouldn't be here if you guys didn't want me here, and uh, <laughs> I'm always open for questions. And uh, you know, so feel free to hit me up, Discord, Instagram, shoot me a message. Uh, let's talk. Uh, I'm always open to talk about plants. I was going to say as well, uh, going back to an earlier point you made, Kush, about seeing who you could get on. If between you and Little Hill, you can actually get Caleb on again, you, you guys would deserve a medal, get a trophy. You can get Denali oh, on again, same. I'll yeah. get in his ear for sure. Because um, okay. I always, those are my favorite episodes when he's talking or a couple other folks. Uh, but Because, uh, man, yeah. he talks to Matt quite a bit. And Matt says that, you know, he, he tries to be, like, polite because he's a friend and he doesn't want to pressure him too much. But I'm like, why don't you just pressure him? Oh, I'll, I'll pressure him. He'll, he'll just yeah. say no, but I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We'd love to have that yeah, guy. Denali, in whatever Denali's definitely planned for a return. Caleb, I'm not. We'll have to do some sweet talking. Yeah, yeah. Maybe across you two and Matt, maybe we'll get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrangle we'll him see. in. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I'll try to do the, the shout-outs that Matt normally does. Um, you guys already mentioned, uh, come check out our Discord, um, Patreon. Uh, we have Riot Seco Europe for Seeds in Europe. We have Gert by Seeds covering Australia and New Zealand. Um, of course, riotseeds.com and Lifted Genetics for those of you in North America. Um, have I forgotten anyone else? I think those are the main seed banks. Um, otherwise, I want to thank the guests again, Kush of the Giants, Peaches, Little Hill. So great to have you guys back on in the new year. And yeah, look forward to more outdoor stuff this year. Thank you. Um, otherwise, thanks everyone for your time this Friday evening. And we will catch you all soon. Right Peace. on, guys. See you later. Peace. Take it out. Bye, Take guys. it easy. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, see you next week, you know. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about this next show. We're going to be covering some old bases, but much better, better detail, more accurate info, which is most important. Uh, I just wanted to make sure and thank, again, Push of the Giants, Peaches, Little Hill for coming on, covering this, Thousand for organizing it, and, and always being there when I can't be. Um, it, there's never enough ways to thank my dude. Um, don't forget, we have Gert by Seeds Australia for people in Australia. We have Right Seco Europe for our people in Central Europe and all around Europe. And we have lifted seeds for the U.S. people who only use credit cards, stuff like that. Great guy. He carries our homies, and he's all about delivering quality over quantity of breeders. Breeders, you know what I mean? Um, that's important to me. Don't forget, the diesel drops up, super limited. When it's gone, it's gone. I keep saying that. People don't get that, and they always get sad when they miss it. Um, we also have the sub Rob seeds out right now under Seed Trip on our website, rightseeds.com. Uh, seed Trip is his business name and we've got some sour dub reversals crossed to the 98 super silver haze and the skunk dog s1 so go check those out super super dank i'm not gonna cuss super dank <laughs> and then uh yeah check out the contest video too don't forget about that and we have a new drop coming from uh pack from goat farm killer blue dream stuff that has yet to be released some of it people have been really looking forward to like the uh santa cruz rec 2.0 stuff like that so go check it out 
and I'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Want to sit at the table with the syndicate? Check out our Patreon in our link tree or description below. Our merch site is officially live. We have all sorts of shirts, hoodies, and goodies to sort you out, and shipping is super fast, and most importantly, the quality is top-notch. I've been saving old designs for years for this purpose, so please check it out, syndicategear.com. We also have an underground syndicate discord where we get together and solve old strain history together daily. It's an amazing community of learning away from IG, and it's an amazing resource for old catalogs and knowledge. We hope you join our union of breeders and growers. Come check it out.